0: As we um, continue in our uh, uh, a series called Listen, you know, I was, uh, I was thinking about how, I, how I, uh, I think and refer to myself as a person of a standard. I think I have a good standard and I, and, and I used to boast even before I was born again that I had a high moral standard and I didn't want things that were um, low-minded or, or immoral or anything being attached to my name. That was just meant something that was, I was being prideful about. And, and as I shifted over to being a, a believer, whenever I would hear somebody saying something or doing something that could be disrespectful to, to God, it, it really, it really disturbs me. It really, uh, you know, took me to another level. In, in fact, um, when we first moved to Nashville and we actually uh, started our, our 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 record label, um, we did not want to have any confusion about who we were in Christ. And so the name of the record label in the ministry was called against the flow records. I mean, that's clear, ain't it? Against the flow. The first album that we released on against the flow records was called bold because we were going to let you know we're against the flow. It's something about when you feel like you've tapped into what the righteous standard is, you get a little bold about it. It's easy for me to think about the things in the music industry or ministry that I'm, that I'm bold about because it's my profession, it's where I've surrendered my life, it, and, and, and it's comfortable for me to do so. I'm resigned to do it there. However, there are some areas in my life that I am more laxed in, to where my standard is not high, but I ignore that. You know, I actually don't even see it. I see where my standard is high, and I refer to myself as a high standard person because mostly it's high, it's higher than other people in that area, and so I don't think about where it's not high. And and this became really evident to me, I would think I was in a place, and it's so embarrassing to really say it, but it's like, and, and somebody was, I don't want to give the situation away, but somebody was talking about the way they lived, and I made this statement to relate to them as a human and not to them as a Christian. I said something that it breaks my heart to even say, I said, well, you know, that's how God views it. I, I, you know, I, I don't actually say it that way. I, I, I don't actually deal with it that way. I don't actually interact with people that way. And it was as if I made a distinction between God's standard and my standard and told him that his is high, but you know, but I I threw some shade on it. I I made it appear as if there was something flawed in the way that God sees holiness or people or or standards. And then the word came to my heart that is a difficult word, we're gonna deal with this word all day, and that is compromiser. A compromiser is, is not who you might think they are. They are probably the gold standard in most situations. They may be the industry leader in most situations. They might be the person you want to model after in most situations, but that doesn't mean they don't have compromise in their life. And as we shift back to the Scripture and back to the third sermon in our series, you're going to find there's a different Jesus that shows up to deal with the church in Pergamon that's a compromising church. It's hard. You (laughs) know… I like the first two sermons because they were like, the first two churches is kind of like, he was like, hey, I hold the pastor in his hand and I walk among you. I'm here. I'm nice. That's like Jesus with a, you know, a sheep on his neck. Jesus. Then it was like, the next one is like, you know, "I, I, I was dead, but now I'm alive for you. That's Jesus, the lamb slain. Now look at this Jesus. This Jesus right here. This scary Jesus. You 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 gonna see it? <clears throat> Revelation nineteen verse twelve, and it says, "And the angel of the Lord of Pergamum, am I right? The words of him who has a sharp two-edged sword." He. This is not him. This sword is out. This sword is drawn. One of the things they teach people who, when they're teaching gun safety or when they're teaching. Teaching uh, police officer, you do not pull your weapon out unless you have the intent to use it. I mean, my goodness. This church is not getting just his presence. They're not getting the sheepish nature of him, the sacrificial nature of him. They are getting the one who's got so much power, so much authority, that at his word, every knee bows. At his word, the the earth shakes. At his word, everything is held together. At his word, he can, he he, I don't know, Hebrews 4.12 said it this way. He said, the word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, dividing to the piercing of sunder, the soul and the spirit, the joint and the marrow, and it is the discerner of the thoughts and intent of the heart. When he pulls this out, you can't hide. When he pulls this out, you're in trouble. Just like your mama come in that room. Some of y'all children don't know about this. This this, Africa, this Black History Month, so I'm going to tell you what happened to a black family. Talk about it. Your, mama, your mama can either come with the belt around her, her neck, which lets you know this is about to go down, or she can tell you going out in the yard and, and, and get, your, get your own switch. <laughs> oh, Jesus, help me, Jesus. Y'all don't even, I, for those of you who don't know, you don't need to know that experience. They would go tell you to get your own weapon that you're going to get whooped with. <laughs> this, this Jesus is formidable. This Jesus is powerful. This Jesus means business. And when this sword is active, uh, if you look at this word where it says it's two-mouthed or two-edged, it, it, it is both an offensive and a defensive weapon. It, it is where he can advance or it's where he can defend. Remember in Matthew when the devil came come to him and says, you know, turn this bread to stone, you know, bow down and worship me. He kept saying, it's written. It's written. The Word can defend you. Yes, he, he's letting them know it, it's there. But if you're not taking, needing the Word in that capacity, the Word is also Advancing, remember, he he kept preaching, Repent for the king. This is a this, I mean, using this thing. Sometimes I believe that we've made the mistake of thinking that Jesus we serve is passive. You've made a mistake, somebody has misrepresented Jesus to you. There is nowhere to hide from this sword. There's nowhere to hide from his word. There's nowhere to turn. In fact, I just want to turn the Revelations to the end. Just to, and just to give you some context, I may not be giving you the scripture. Just go to Revelations uh, 19, ver- verse 11. And then it says, I saw heaven and earth open up, and behold, there was a, a, a guy on a white horse, and the one sitting on it was called Faithful and True. And, and, and in righteousness, he judges and makes war. His eyes were like flames of fire, and on his head was many diadems, And he had a name written that no one knows but him, verse 13, he is clothed in, in a robe dipped in blood, and the name by which he's called is the Word of God. This is a bad. This, this is. This is. Woo! And the armies of heaven, arrayed in fine linen and white and pure, were following him in, in white. I just want you to know they follow following the Word. The Word didn't even. He was leading the charge. From his mouth. Comes a sharp sword which to strike down the nations and to rule them. You gotta understand when his sword is out, he can judge you righteously. He can deal with you. This church in Pergamum. He starts out with a disposition where it may seem that they are about to encounter something hostile about Jesus or his passion. Verse 13 says, I know where you dwell, where Satan's throne is. Yet you hold fast my name and you did not deny my faith, even in the days of Antipas, my faithful witness who was killed among you where Satan dwells. In other words, God's saying, "I know, I, 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 I see you. I'm showing up in this church that's in a community that's so vile, that's so wicked, that's so 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 nasty that the invisible world has tangible space that it's occupying. You know, you had Athena that had a temple. You had Zeus or Jupiter that had a temple. You had a large altar that was kind of shaped like a horseshoe where they were sacrificing um, to it. You had a temple built to Caesar um, where they were sacrificing to it. And this was called the throne of Satan. Um, I'm going to say his name wrong. Sorry, I didn't get the denunciation. Archela... yeah, I ain't going to say it. Anyway, should have practiced that more. I Ap- apologize. But this God was sent, said to have a temple that can heal you. And in this temple, he was, uh, he was shaped like a snake, like the snake you see, see uh, in hospitals. He was shaped like that snake. And, and, and what it is is they would get in the temple, and you could be in this temple at night. They would let you sleep there, and the snakes that were non-venomous would actually roll over you and somehow heal you. It wasn't just that in Pergam, where this church sat, that there was a community of ungodliness it had to dwell with. It was the seat of evil. You got to understand, in these temples was immorality of every kind homosexuality, bestiality, incest, prostitution, orgy. and this was acts of worship when you did it. And you might not be able to relate to a society like that but just let you know that we're on the cusp of something just like that where you can't tell somebody that their sexual practices are outside of the holiness or the will and word of God and somehow Christian people have to give approval to ungodly things. They hold on to who God is but they still let the world dwell with them. How is it that in America, we have so much freedom to do whatever we want to do, when we want to do it, how we want to do it, which is the law, the first commandment of Satanism. And yet, we are a country under God. There is this compromising nature that's in the church, but I want you to know where he started out. He says, he sees you holding on to the rock in a hard place. He sees this church holding on to the rock of his word in a hard place. That means that they are around the evil, but they're not participating in the evil. They're around immorality, but they're not engaging in immorality. They can see it, They are vexed by it. They don't like it. And he says they remain faithful to his name. They stay under his authority. They they stay faithful to his faith. They still believe that Jesus is the Christ, the son of the living God, that, that, that you're saved through his death, burial, and resurrection. These are not fake Christians. These are authentic Christians. And he says, I see that you hold on to the rock while you're in a hard place. You are where Satan dwells. Anybody ever had that roommate in college where Satan dwelled I'd had one and if you're out there in Bristol you know you was yeah, I mean he, he know every night he would just he would he would send he would he would open up the door and he would he would put girls in my room at night he would put alcohol in my room at night he would have he would have have parties in my room and night. and he would sit there I mean I mean he would sit on the side of my bed and and, and he would put drugs and everything around me and say come on little Christian boy Come on, you can, it ain't gonna hurt you. Don't be don't be like that. Come on, come on. You can live in a situation that vexes you, but you can't get away from it. You can't get away from the neighbors that party wrong. You can't get away from a job that's asked you to compromise. You've got to dwell in a country that has a laws that you don't agree with and make you pay taxes to support things that you don't agree with. You are dwelling in Satan's place, Satan's house, his throne where you're not supposed to make, where you're supposed to be so strong with the Lord that there's a distinction between Satan and you. And God has in that community a contrast, the holy and the unholy, the sanctified and the unsanctified. It should be clear. It should be no confusion. You should be like Antipas, my faithful servant who was killed. Antipas was considered, they don't know, but they was considered to perhaps be the pastor. Of this group of people he was uncompromising he was unrelenting he was holding when he says he holds to the rock or or when he holds on what their meaning is, is they were they wouldn't let go they weren't careless they were they were faithful they were ardent they they, they they were steadfast they were unmovable you know and then the thing is it seems like the church nowadays is movable. Our standards are movable, our our rules are movable, our our, our, our morality is flexible. We just let anything in as if our God is not holy. We are compromisers, we are Pergamum, and I don't like it. And he says, you know, you've got to hear this Scripture because while I'm preaching to you, I want you to know that antipas." And that church who was holding on to the rock in the hard place had they, they were doing some real work here. These weren't fake people. Yeah, I say it like that. Okay. The person that is writing this is named John. He's on he's exiled to a to a penal colony that's where you send the criminals to die. Where you have to fight for your own food and fight for your survival. He's dwelling with criminals when he's writing it. Wow. You think at some point that the world can get bad enough where you can be a little immoral. Mm. A little, a lot, lot, lie a little bit, cause you gotta eat. Mm. Compromise a little bit so you gotta make it. Antipas was killed because they set up a deity and once a year you had to worship Caesar. You have to burn incense to Caesar, and a Christian cannot do that. And some of the Christians, you know what they did? They would just bow anyway and say, "Good, well, no, nah, I don't really mean it, Lord. You know I love you. But there were Christians that says, I will never bow to, to another God. I will never bow my knee or bend or give my worship to another. Antipas was killed. And, and look what the Scripture says in in, in, a, in Revelation, you got to see this, he says, fear not those, fear not, fear none of those things which thou hast suffered. Behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison, and you shall be tried, and you shall have tribulation in these days. But thou be faithful unto death, and I'll give you the crown of life. I can, you listen to me, I cannot promise you that the world you live in will not bring you to a point where you have to stand up for the faith you believe in. For the God you believe in, I cannot tell you that it won't cost you something. You might suffer, you might have tribulation, and perhaps you've never been preached to like that, but let me let you know, God's expectation is that you would stand faithful like Antipas. Antipas, oh my God, they didn't just kill him, they burned him. They, they, they made a, 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 uh, a casket-like thing and they put him on the inside and just burned him alive. I mean, just to be basically honest, if I saw the the instrument that it was going to use to kill me, I might even just lie just to save myself for a day or two to think about if I had enough strength to do it. What was it that they were holding on? He knew they were holding on to the rock, but they were in a hard place. You're in a hard place, hold on to the rock. You're in a bad place, Pergam, hold on to the rock. You're in a bad place, Bethel, hold on to the rock. You're dwelling with a spouse that's Satan, hold on to the rock. You got a boss that's crazy, hold on to the rock. You got a roommate that's full of the devil, hold on to the rock. Whatever you got to do, hold on to the rock. Yes. Now I got to move on. Thank you, Jesus. If we go down to verse 13, we get more of this truth illuminated to us. He said, but I have a few things against you. Oh, man, this is, you know, this is, here it goes. He told me what I was doing good. And here it comes. Jesus. These are real Christians doing real good things, holding on in a hard place to the rock. He said, but I have a few things against you. You have some there who will hold to the teachings of Balaam who taught Balak to put a stumbling block before the sons of Israel so that they might eat food, sacrifice to idols, and practice sexual immorality. So also you have some who hold to the teachings of the Nicolaitans. He says, I don't want you to miss what he's saying. He's not saying, I know you're holding on to wrong. He said, I know that some of you are holding on to wrong in a hard place. He's not saying all of you are holding on the wrong, but he's speaking not to the wrong because he's got a sword. He's about to deal with that. He is speaking to the spirit of compromise that can hold to the rock and tolerate the wrong. You see, there's this thought that I would just be righteous by myself, Just to start with Christianity that my house is not going to do it. I'm not going to participate in it. I won't touch it. I won't watch it. I won't interact with it. And I'll just hold on to the rock by myself in the hard place. And I'll just suffer until Jesus comes back and get me. But you weren't called to just hold on and think about your own little life. You were called as a reprover to all of those who want to live the wrong kind of life. See, when you advance the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, the light comes into a dark place and say, no, we don't do that. i got to teach you to observe and to do all that is written in his book. Does anybody understand this? Hallelujah, hallelujah. This is not just him seeing you holding onto the rock in the hard place. This is him seeing you having some wrong that you allow. You know, you might be saying, well, I don't control people, Pastor James. Lord. I don't run their house, Lord. I don't tell people what to do. You gave them freedom, so I tell them: love who you want to love, do what you want to do, have your way. And now it's made us as business owners silent against sin because the gospel makes you confront it. It's made us as neighbors silent against sin because the gospel makes you confront it. He says, and if you're not advancing his work, a work is being advanced to you. He said, Balaam, y'all know the story of Balaam. I don't even have time to get get with it. the ba- 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 Balak, the leader of the Mo- Moabites, came to Balaam three times, who was a sorcerer and a prophet, and tried to get him to curse the people of God. He said, I can't curse who God is blessed. And he said, but I'll tell you what I'll do, I'll show you how to lay a trap for him." Yeah, 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 yeah. He said, we're going to get them into idolatry. We're going to get them into immorality. We're going to make them compromisers. We're going to make them merge their faith with worldly ideology. We're going to make them merge their faith with where I live. We're going to do, we, you, you got, this is what Pergam is going through. The, 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 the Christian faith is, is, is being persecuted, but it is going toward, toward a level where it's going to be married with uh, paganism, yes. hedonism. Eventually, Constantine will come and make it the state religion, and and all, and mandate that everybody get Christian. Mandate that everybody uh, li- live according to God, and change the holidays, and line it all up, and blend the church and the world until you can't see the difference between the church and the world. But it's different compromise. I cannot make an agreement with the devil. I cannot make a pact with the devil. What agreement have light with darkness or the temple of God with Belial? I have no fellowship. I can't be unequally yoked. There's a difference between good and evil, right and wrong. There's a distinction. There is a line and we've got to draw the line. I know it's easy and you've been tricked and you've been tracked and you learn how to deal with stuff and you hear the cussing and you omit it. You see the sexual immorality and you just omit it. You just live with blinders on but our God doesn't live with blinders, My Lord. I had. I don't want to miss. There's a definition because he got him into idolatry. That's what Bala- Balaam was doing. What is idolatry? It's the extreme admiration, love, or reverence for something or someone. Here's a quote that I I love by D.L. Moody said, you don't have to be a, you don't have to put my D.L. Moody quote up there. No, okay. This is, that's not the one I wanted. It's you don't have to go to a heathen land today to find false gods. Well, whatever you love more than God is your idol. Yes. Amen. That's it. Whatever you love more than God is your idol. That's it. That's it. As long as you want anything very much, especially more than you want God, it is your idol. What do you want more than you want him? Here's how wicked this empire was. First Corinthians says, I have the right, verse 10 says, I have the right to do anything, but not everything is beneficial. The question to us is, do you let the Nicolaitans, the Nicolaitans were the enemy within these were the compromisers that stayed in leadership. These were the people who told you that the world wasn't so bad. If you need an abortion, get an abortion. And again, this is just that kind of message. I know that people actually find themselves in those type of situations and they have to make those stories and God has forgiveness for you and he has love for you. You don't need to feel like you're, you're so abominable that God, that God can't reach you, but that is sin. It's sin. Amen. Now, the world's going to tell you to solve your problem that way, but it's sin. Yes. The world's going to tell you that we should let you love whoever you want to love. You, 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 you can marry whoever you want to marry. It's just not holy matrimony. Right, right, right. Say that, Say that. That's not the kind we do. That's it. And that don't mean we don't want you if, if, if you. if you're in a same-sex attraction, come to our church. Hang in our church. We're just not going to approve... Of your relationship, but we're gonna send you all the love possible. We don't wanna throw the problem away. We can dwell with say, we can dwell in evil. We can dwell, we can we can live together. Just I'm not gonna compromise the message so you feel comfortable. Right. That's it. That's it. That's it. And I'm not actually trying to be hard. I'm just trying to be called to my assignment. Yes, yes. That's, it. that's it. But that's all of us what happens? What happens if, if, if we live like this? Verse 16. This grieves God. Therefore, repent. If not, I will come to you soon. I'm going to take a little time to come to you. I'll, 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 I'll wait longer. This, this, this scares me. When God says soon, I believe he means soon. And I'm just come, I'm gonna war against them with the sword of my mouth. The reason that I introduced myself at this church with a sword is because I came to let you know that I'm greater than the throne of Satan. I'm greater than Caesar, I'm greater than Zeus, I'm greater than evil, and when it comes to my house, when I see my house being compromised, it forces me to show up in Pergam, it forces me to show up in Bethel, it forces me to show up in your home. You see, he offers you a choice in this hard place. He offers you and me a choice. He knows, he knows, he sees you holding on to the rock in the hard place. He knows that there's some people that's holding on to the wrong in the hard place, but he offers you a choice in this same hard place. Yeah. Repent. He's got a, he, when he's saying repent, he's advancing towards you. He's prodding you. Repent. Hallelujah. Fix it. He ain't slicing you. Oh no no no! He's just saying, hey hey hey, get that right, hey, hey, uh, uh, right there, right right there, right there, right there, right there. I want that right. Get it out right now. Turn from it. Remove it. Get away from it. You're not ignorant of it, because my word is telling you. It's a discerner of the thoughts and the intent of the heart. When it went into you, you said truth. Quit making people think they don't know the difference between the truth and the lie. Quit quit letting people trick you that they don't know God's righteous standard. He wrote it on every man's heart so they are without excuse. Well, they just don't know. Yeah, they know. And they want to use you to participate in the compromise. He who has an ear, let him hear. This is what this series is about. Listen to this message. What the Spirit says to the churches, to him that conquers, what? Compromise. To him that deals with the weaknesses in his life, I will give the hidden man and I will give him a white stone and I'll give him a name written on stone that that no one knows except the one who receives it. In other words, God says, if you take the right choice, if you make the wrong choice, I'm going to cut you. I'm going to resist you. You make the right choice. I'm going to reward you. I think that sometimes we forget that there's a blessing in obedience. There's a blessing in it. I think that sometimes we feel if we stand up in society, we think about what we will lose. And I'm going to help you understand, He's the hidden manna. He's the bread of heaven. He's the sustainer of life. You don't need to give way to satanic or demonic. You're, you're that's what the first temptation of, of Christ was in the wilderness when He said, "Turn this bread to stone." You're in need, and I'll supply your need. No, God is the supplier of my need. Your boss is not the supplier of your need. The GOP is not the supplier of your need. The Republican or the Democrat party is not the supplier of your need. The tax code is not the supplier of your need. There is no one that's a supplier of your need but Jesus Himself. When you're choosing Him, you'll be rewarded. You're in the hard place. Choose him. He'll reward you and not resist you. Yeah. Hallelujah. He'll give you a stone. There's a lot of confusion about the stone is, and I don't want to go through all the different things. Some people think it's the stone of the Urim and the therm to, 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 to make choices. Some people think it's the victor stone that gives them access into all these other things. Some people think it's planets and, and God giving you a, It's a lot of thoughts about it, but it's just good stuff. That's what I said. It's good stuff. You want the stone if it's available. That's what I'm saying. But it's eternal. But the ultimate reward that we keep, we might forget in revelations as you get him. Let's take a quick review. He knows that you're holding onto the rock in a hard place. He knows that you're an authentic believer. And he loves you. He knows that there's some of us or some of you to hold on to the wrong thing in the hard place. And therefore, he is offering you a choice. If you choose wrong, he has a sword. He's going to resist you. You'll be destroyed. No question about it. In the house. But if you repent, you'll be rewarded. I thought about this message and I thought, God is not unwise. Stand to your feet. This is not the message he thought that a church down the street needed. This is the, church, this is the message he thought our church needed. I try not to listen to messages thinking about where I'm hitting the mark. I try to think about messages where I'm not hitting the mark. I encourage you at this time as we come to the conclusion of the service I'm actually going to walk down here because I don't think… I remember he's writing to the leaders of the church. He's writing to the church itself. It's like he's trying to get his church in order. I'm taking no chances. None. I'm, I'm even through… Yeah, once I go through my known sins, I said, Lord, what am I ignoring? Because I know there's been compromise in me. What does the world look like? If you say yes, it costs you something. Our record label, Against the Flow, we put out our first album. The song was called It's Not Natural. We dealt with same-sex attraction. We dealt with um, abortion. We dealt with murder. BET is running our video. And then we got blackballed. And they told us, don't speak to our lifestyle will cut you off cost you something and it was a real cost it wasn't like somebody cut me a check the next day and say all the money and the resources you put into God's message there's some some now there's some reward no I'm gonna get rewarded because he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. He's, he's a rewarder. I'm gonna get one but I better stand up in my generation yes. Thank you. what cost is he asking you to pay Some of you, I know by the Holy Ghost, you're going to have to go and live in your workplace differently. You've listened to too many jokes. Stop laughing at your boss when he's off. Just tell him I don't do that. It offends my faith. If your kids have got to go and be exposed to curriculum that's not of God, tell them, tell the teachers, write the letter. It's your right in God. That's right. but let's not be the compromisers in our church. Don't let a Nicoladian hang out here. if we have members that are preaching compromise, you don't have to stay here any longer. It's not what we do. It's not who we are. God is calling our church up. We have work to do. And what keeps us out of sin is doing our work. That's it. That's At some point, it feels as if that church stopped advancing the kingdom narrative to a broken society. Thank God that Pergamum was where the throne of Satan was. Thank God that God had a church planted right where Satan was so he could pull his kingdom down. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus as we conclude this moment, you'd help us. You hear me, there are some here today, you know that God has spoken directly to you and you know exactly where compromise is in your life. You know where it is in your home, your workplace, in your church, and you know that instead of holding to his word, you've been like some of those who are just ignoring the wrong. I can hear the Holy Spirit saying, make a fresh commitment to me, repent. 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 Some of you have been around church so long and you, you didn't know it was a standard. But he's calling you to repent. Lord, give them the strength to repent today. Give us all the strength to repent today. So whatever your situation is or you need salvation, coming back to the Lord. You need to get something right with the Lord. I'm going to open the front of the room just for a moment, for a minute while they sing, and I'm going to pray with anybody who wants to come down. You're not obligated to. It's your choice. It's not about man. It's about you and your God. Lord, I pray, give those who need prayer and a public confession the strength to do it in Jesus' name. Amen.